Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here uh, with a special guest today. I did tease this on yesterday's show. Uh, I didn't actually check your official title these days. I don't know whether you get upgraded when you're an NBA champion. Director of content with the Bucks, Nick Munro. Does that, does that still fit? You still wearing that hat? You can, yeah, you can just call me champ. It's, it's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're cool with that. Yeah, that works for sure. That works for sure. All right. We're going to get into some fun here, obviously talking about the coverage of the Bucks, not only this season, but probably the evolution of, of NBA coverage in general, but certainly Milwaukee the last few years. And uh, it, I think it's fair to say it's gone up a few notches right across the league. And I'm a little bit biased. Uh, I say the Bucks are, are the best in the business. Nick's a big part of that. Before we get into it, Thursdays on Locked On NBA, Jackson Gatlin and Matt Moore are telling you whose NBA stock is up and whose is down. Follow the Locked On NBA podcast today on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. So, Nick, we joke about it, but this last few months for you, I, I don't know how often you think about Game 6 or you think about the parade or the celebrations or whatever it is, but it's awesome, man. And, and for me, still looking back and sometimes watching the games, watching the celebrations um, is fun for me. And I was on the other side of the world. For you, that was a major part of it and bringing all people like me, people like me that are across the world and bringing them inside to, to be a part of it. Um, it I imagine it's been a, a fun couple of months here. It has been an incredible journey it, um, from, you know, where we started, as you and I sort of, sort of talking about from before shutdown two seasons ago, right before the pandemic, uh, to get to where, where we are today um, and, to, you know, to become, go through the entire process to become an NBA champion, the journey of, of that team, of this team, the way this team continued to fight throughout the playoffs. Uh, it, it, was, it was so surreal, so fun, uh, just a true thrill to be a part of, I mean, that was the culmination of my 16th season with the team. Um, and to finally win an NBA championship, uh, it, it was like, was the, the coolest thing to do for sure. So I was going to ask exactly what was the first year. So 16 season. So, uh, double Giannis's tenure. I'm not sure if you let him know about that, that this, this has been a long grind for you as well. What are <laughs> my favorite things to do? Ursan, Ursan knew, Ursan knew, <laughs> yeah. Ursan and I were rookies the same year. So <laughs> Back when we had Ursan last year, we'd always joke about being the, being the old vets on the, vets on the team. So that was '05 was my first year when we drafted Bogut. So obviously, as an Australian, you will you will re- remember that. Yeah, one day we'll get an Aussie back on the roster. We're all looking forward to it over here. But 16 years is a long time, and and just even trying to think about coverage back then. And I always laugh. Occasionally, you'll see a tweet pop up or something from an official team account, and the one that comes up often is. The, the Chris Middleton, and it's just the Detroit Pistons one line, we've traded Chris Middleton, yeah, whatever it is. And, and it's just so funny to think now uh, where coverage has come from, and you've seen that really from, from the start if you go back 16 seasons ago. Absolutely, yeah. It's, it's really evolved from, you know, very minimal coverage at the time, right? Like, we weren't doing much. Our website didn't have that much coverage. It was primarily like a ticket, ticket sales uh, hub for us. Um, to have it evolve to where it is today, where we have, you know, full production team, 
graphics team, uh, content team, on, on staff. It, it, it really is, is remarkable. And really, we've, we've gotten there in a fairly short amount of time. I mean, the last, you know, three, four years since we, we had new ownership, we've been able to actually resource us a little bit and give, give us the, you know, uh, the talent that we need to be able to perform and do that, con- put out the content that you guys enjoy so much. So it's been, uh, it's really been a journey to, to get there. Uh, long, you know, long were the days when I was, you know, just tweeting away on, uh, you know, whatever it was at the time, maybe an iPhone 3, iPhone 4 <laughs> at the time, you know, sending out occasionally grainy, really grainy pics on the, uh, the iPhone. Um, as, and that was like the content and that was pretty much it. Right. And we did a lot of ticket promotions and that sort of thing to do it where we don't, we now we don't even touch, you know, ticket promotions at all. Cause, uh, you know, the tickets, um, uh, tickets are pretty well handled, uh, when you, when you become an NBA champion and, and the journey to that. So, um, it's, it's really been a true evolution, uh, to get to where we're at today. So from just yourself running around with a phone and a camera, uh, what is the team we're looking at now? I've, I've seen it a couple of years ago when I, when yep. I was still over there and the amount of people you have running around, they're doing, they're doing tweets, there's some people taking cameras, there's some people getting the crowds and the concourse, all that sort of stuff. So what's the team look like now? Well, the, the full team, it's, it's interesting too because the full team wasn't really able to be unleashed at, at the play in, because of yeah. the COVID protocols and all that stuff all year long, right? We were in a very minimal team. It's one of the reasons why it's been such a long you know, year or, or slightly over is because going into the bubble, and then throughout the entire season, we could only have one content person throughout the, with the team, right? And that was, that was myself. So I was the only one who was able to go to the bubble with the team. And then the only person allowed to be in the facility when we came back and started practice for this season. And then to travel with the team. Like we only had one slot for uh, a person to, to be able to, to travel. And then when we got to home games, eventually we were able to open it up as the season progressed. As this, we started, the city started to relax and let a little bit, a few more people in. We were able to get a few more people into the red zone. And I could bring in another shooter here or there. We were only able to bring in like one or two extra people, right? It wasn't like we were able to bring in our full staff. I mean, we have four full-time video, videographers and editors, um, you know, a handful of part-timers. We have, you know, three part, th- part-timers there. And then, on, you know, on the, so- the social content side, we have uh, a full-timer and, and three part-timers on the, on the content side there as well, as well as a host of, you know, four full-time graphics, two part-time graphics designers as well who help us produce game night uh, content and the content you guys see all the time. Uh, so it, it's a massive team when you really, when you really think about it, you know, we we were going in peak finals, we had like 12 people. Uh, we brought in a few other guys who shoot at shoot for the herd and stuff like that too. And the gaming team. Um, so we really, and we brought in a couple of freelancers to do, to cap, help capture additional photos in the plaza. You know, we were looking at, uh, at you know, 12 to 14 people to, at points during the, during the finals at, with all that content feeding back into our team and our servers and then out to, out to the masses. So I want to get back to the bubble, but I'm going to save that for the end because we've, we've got more pressing issues to get to here. For sure. And let's start with the main event. I think of the Bucks content. Everyone's been asking about it. Everyone's been watching it. And Frank Madden has told me to tell you that he still watches the game six mini movie and cries every single time. So he wanted to pass on that message. And I said this on yesterday's show, calling it a mini movie is um, I, I'm not sure that really fits when it's an hour and 11 minutes or however long it is. It's not quite the Irishman. I'm sure you could have made an Irishman length feature with all the, the footage that you had from game six from before to after. Uh, but that, let's go through this. I mean, this has become your guys trademark, really these, these feature movies and, and a lot of them are short, but doing something this yeah. big for game six, when did that idea come up and do you have to wait until you get to the finals and get in a position where you think you're going to win? Do you plan this from a long way back? Talk us through uh, planning this type of um, content, which I, I, I haven't seen it. 
I just have not seen this this type of length feature. It was it was a progression to get there. Um, you know, through, a couple of years ago, two seasons ago, we start we totally revamped our all access strategy. Started in the nineteen twenty season with these all access features. Tried to do it weekly. Probably got it to a bi weekly cadence. This season, we were able to really hone in on it, make it a, make it a true weekly. Every Tuesday, ten a.m. YouTube, we will drop a new all access feature around one of the games or maybe two games or so, um, or at a game and an event that happened in our world to give people an insight to it. It was one of our, it was personally my favorite project. A lot of, you know, obviously a lot of the stuff I shot, but like it was, it was just because we're able to tell the personalities in such a raw way. That's really why I was, it was like my favorite part to be a part thing to be a part of, because you're going to get, um, you can really see the context of what, what is happening. Right. And a lot of times, some of those, those famous clips, when Giannis is talking about missing a free throw and, you know, I've been down here, I've missed a free throw in OKC. You see the full, you know, the full three minutes of that in our YouTube, you can see the full context, him interacting with PJ talking about, about, about that moment. Um, it, it's really become a staple of, of our, not only our YouTube, of our entire content strategy. So we've been able to, we started there, been able to continue to build it as the playoffs started going and we get to game seven in Brooklyn and we're like, no, it's good. I mean, we try to make them around 12 to 15 minutes at the, at the, at the tops. I'm like, well, this is going to be 20. I think this is going to be 20, 25. Like we're going to keep pushing it. And then as we're going back and we're doing, okay, what are we going to do in Atlanta? Atlanta was a very interesting situation because the turnover from game four to game five was only one day. We had one day in between games four and five. So I'm like, well, we've got to combine both of these into one. We didn't have enough time editing time to, to flip it to flip a full all access piece to have it out in time for the game. I'm like, we'll combine it into one um, and push it out. And then when we got to the finals, it was just kind of like, you know what? We've got so much good stuff. We need to continue to tell our story. Um, and we continue to push the time of plus 20 for the for all the finals games. And um, when we, by the time then we got to game six, I'm uh, talking with Ujosh and Rob, you know, two of the main guys that help on, on the editing side, the videographers, who I know you're, you're, you're familiar with those guys as well. And Francisco, as we're sort of like chatting through uh, on our Slack channel, like, Hey, like we're just got to go for it. Like, let's do it. Let's make it as long as we can. Let's, let's make it a movie. Let's like truly make it an actual movie. We wanted something that will stand the test of time that can be an iconic piece that people can go back and watch again and again. And the only thing that really kills me about it is like, to be honest, there's like 15 more minutes that we should have, we would have <laughs> liked to put in, but we couldn't because of like the music rights. So like there's music in the locker rooms playing like, we initially actually posted a version of it that had about 10 extra minutes in it. And then we had to take it down because like we started getting flagged for some music rights stuff on it. So like we were conscious of it, something where we worked very hard with our, with our legal team to make sure we don't violate any music, having music playing in videos that we're not, we're not supposed to. So we quickly did a re-edit, got it right back up in about an hour or so. Uh, and during that time, people were like panicking, tweeting at us, like, you know, where's it, where'd it go? Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Like, we'll be back up very shortly. Like, just give, like we had to make a quick edit. And we chopped off a bunch of like some of the best stuff in the, like the celebration, the guys in the locker room and that sort of stuff. Just because like the option is like mute the music, put like stock music over it. And like, you don't get the context of it. A lot of stuff is the guys were actually like talking to the camera. So when you, they're talking to the camera and you can't hear what it's saying, it's, it just wasn't going to work. So we would love to at one point do a director's cut that we can uh, make a part of a, uh, maybe do a, a live showing of it at some point where we can like, relive it uh, with, with some guys and add a, add a few more of, the, of those clips into it. Um, but yeah, we knew we wanted to make an iconic piece. And I think like the, the outpouring of support and the way people have interacted with and engaged with it 
like I said, Frank has gone back and watched it. It's, it, it's awesome. Like and we've, we, we spent our time then to get it right then too, to flip that out. We didn't want to just like turn it around in two days. We gave ourselves a uh, game. We gave ourselves an entire week actually to, to, to turn that one out. Um, so, cause we had the parade two days later, obviously, and then came back to edit and our team was obviously working full bore at the parade and all that stuff too. So like, well, we'll take the time, make sure we get this one right. Cause we wanted to make sure it was exactly uh, what it turned out to be. Nick, I know you're familiar with Direct TV, and I'm sure that this is a familiar story for you. You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. We've seen Giannis asking for passwords over Twitter before. This is a problem for everyone, but I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream. And it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in the one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. These guys, uh, you know, I, I get it, Nick, when there's a, there's a small scale podcast like this where I try to do some intro music or something and I get told by the bosses, no, you can't use that. And I say, okay, fair enough. For, for this podcast, I'm fine. You know, we should, we should follow the copyright rules. But when you win an NBA championship and you've got people saying that you can't use music for the celebrations, that's pathetic, man. I, I'm, I, I strongly push back. I strongly push back on that. <laughs> Trust me, we tried to show it to you. We would love to show it to you guys. Like it was not, it was not us. Um, but like a lot of the stuff that we do is, is like conscious, of, very conscious of that. Some of the edits we've, we've had to make on some of the other videos are, are stuff, you know, somewhat because that's something you can sort of tell if we're playing up music or playing down music on purpose or that sort of thing, or we'll remove audio and play a different audio track over it. So sometimes if guys are warming up on court, the audio you're hearing isn't the actual audio that's on court. Because especially earlier in the bump, earlier in the season when there were no fans in the arena, you could hear every, you could hear everything, you hear all the music and all that sort of stuff. So until they started piping in, piping in more sound and that sort of stuff, we started laying our own, like removing the audio and laying our own, just ball dribbling tracks or sort of <laughs> overneath that, underneath that. Laura Biden, citizens at the Bucks, we love to see it. Uh, Giannis, <laughs> Giannis, you mentioned Giannis, and I, I wanted to ask you about this specifically. Yeah. You brought up the free throw clip. That was one that, yeah. that I think a lot of people remember. Uh, another one that was just pure comedy was the the old and weird, and and Giannis, and and I think this is what I, I love about this content because um, certainly me not as much as you and years gone by. But when you do get the chance to go in the locker room and when you are fortunate enough to go to practices and shoot arounds and that sort of stuff, you see all this type of stuff and you really do start to see players in a different light because you see their their true personality. But I am curious whether you think Giannis, as the cameras have become more common. Do you think he, he, he knows when the camera's around? Do you think he, he likes that uh, putting on the comedy routine? Because some of his stuff was just classic. I think, I mean, he's definitely very conscious of, of, of it in some of, those, in some of those situations. I think a lot of it, though, is just his personality, right? It, and he just is comfortable letting it show. And, he, and I think he, he knows that when, that's, when that stuff comes out, like, he'll, he knows, like, people will think he's goofy or, like, or that, <laughs> that, 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 that sort of thing. But, like... You know, as he said in the, in the press conference that like really went viral 
over uh, over the finals about you know being living in the present and like being in the moment and and that sort of stuff. It's just like it's so true to him. Like that's like that's the reason why it's good content. To be honest, it's it's not just about like hamming it up for the cameras. It's because it really is him. He's not just putting on a show or something like that. It really is his personality. He's really a goofball. Like that's really who he is. Like you know he likes to have fun and joke around. And, and I mean, you remember like when you and Eric and the guy and Matt would be in the locker room and stuff like that, he'd joke around and stuff like that. And it's just like being able to capture some of those moments and have his trust and know like we'll, we'll capture the, the proper moments and put those, those ones out when, when the, the time is right. And it's, it's something that's the trust has been get earned over the, over the years. But um, I think that's, that's really just him showing his true personality. And we had a ton of the great personalities on the team this year that, that were, that were cool with doing that sort of stuff. I mean, we had so much stuff on like with like Bryn Forbes and like him, like being like a, you know, like a goofball <laughs> and having fun and stuff like that. And uh, you know, PJ obviously was, fa- was fantastic. And Drew was, you know, the Drew signing the contract that whole day in golden state. That's like one of the, like the, one of my favorite ever exchanges when they're talking about big money and, and that stuff. And uh, yeah. uh, when, you know, Giannis is talking to, talking to him and Drew and Drew's like, excuse me, big money. And he's pointing back at Giannis and like, it was such a great, such a great, just genuine exchange. So like just being able to be comfortable enough where they don't act different when I'm around or when we're around capturing the content it is, is really what allows that content to show through. And that's why it's our favorite stuff to, to show. So I will, I will admit, and I've said this a number of times, I didn't realize that Drew was such a, a meme king. I didn't realize he was going to be so good for gifts. Uh, I mean, he, he has some of the, the classics and it's so funny because then you speak to him and whether it's in a press conference or you hear him in other interviews or, or the way he interacts and he's a very thoughtful person, very wise person, very smart person. And then um, he also just has this complete other side when he's with the, with the team. And you know what? That's because he's comfortable with himself, right? He's yeah. comfortable being, he can, he's, he, and he, he comes as advertiser. We always heard, oh, Drew Holiday is a great person. He is an incredible person, hands hands down. It, it is he's as true as advertised. Um, great person on it and off the court and in the locker room. But he's also comfortable enough with himself where he can come up, give a great press conference, and also you know have some jokes in there and, and stuff like that, or some of the some of those side eye faces because he's comfortable with with who he is. He's not concerned about what people are going to say about him. Obviously, hey, the guy's a world champion and a, a gold, Olympic gold medalist now too. You know, I mean, he's he's proven every everybody uh, who he is, and I think he's he's comfortable enough in himself and him being able to do that and be comfortable with the memes. He, Cause he, I'm, I'm sure, I, I'm sure his brothers are sending him the memes. He's seeing the memes. I'm sure his <laughs> wife showing him the memes, right? I'm sure he's seen, I'm sure he's seen the stuff. Um, and him, him, you know, being able, yeah, it's just me. I'm just having fun, man. That's, it, it's great. It's refreshing to see. And that's what, that's one of the reasons why I think this, this team is so great and being able to have that core of guys that complement each other so well going forward um, really, is, really is exciting. So I don't know if you, I, I've got an answer who I think it is. I mentioned Giannis knowing where the camera is. Is there a, a player that you can identify that knew where the camera was more than anyone else? I, I have a player in mind. Oh, man. <laughs> That's tough. Uh, based off of sitting on the baseline for an entire season, I would have to say Mamadi. Yes. <laughs> So, um, because his bench reactions were incredible, he's re- he'll he'll react and and you know point to the camera and stuff like that. The Nazis will just react in general and have a great you know reaction, but he's reacting more towards the court and that sort of stuff. So I was I was very grateful for 
the Mabadi reactions because he would always give us some gold coming back to the camera and was that, you know, during the playoffs was, you know, started chirping a little bit, uh, and to us, gave us a prediction in Miami when we, you know, that, well, we're, you know, this one's going to be over and we were going to win that, win that series down there. And, um, you know, he's, he, he was, he was great. He was great for the reactions for sure. So one thing in particular that I took from the, the all access from game six and it was Mamadi mm-hmm. and, as someone that generally, whether it's my Australian football team, whatever team it is, I never, I never go early with predictions. I just think it's bad luck. I think you're setting yourself up for failure. Uh, you, you mentioned he was, he was chirping a little bit. So he did at the end of the first quarter, I think the score was like 27, 14, 29, 16, whatever it is. And he did, you're already laughing. He did the Vince Carter, it, it's over. Now, of course, you guys were losing at halftime. So the game really did turn very quickly. And I assume that that footage is not being used or ever being shown the, the light of day if you lose that game. So it brings me to the question of footage that has been left on the cutting room floor. Is there anything that, that, that you can share with us? Because I assume there's so much footage that you don't use and it doesn't necessarily have to be something, something like that. But it, I, I just... I, I think about it, how much funny stuff there is, how much content we, we won't see, but is, is going to sure. be there. There is, there is a lot. And a lot, some, you know, some of it had to do with maybe with COVID protocol too mm-hmm. and that sort of stuff too. So that's a lot of the, probably the primary reason why, why some of the content wouldn't be seen as well as, like you said, if something like that, if some guy was to make a pred- prediction, we would never <laughs> put it out ahead of the game. We would do it. We always would do it in our all access recap or something like that. Like we're not, that's not us. You know, we're not yeah. out there beating our chest like that. Like we're, you know, we'll come handle our business and then we'll, then we'll show a little bit behind the scenes in terms of what our mentality was going into the game. Right. So that's something we would, we never put out ahead of time, but there definitely, there definitely is some stuff. Uh, and I'm hoping there's, there's one clip that comes to mind that I'm hoping we can get into something as we get ready to start the season. We have like the clip of, of PJ and Giannis first meeting in the, mm-hmm. at the training center when Giannis goes up to him and he, they both have said this in media. So it's not like it's yeah. a secret, but they both said like, Oh, I don't have to guard you anymore. And, you, and he's like, and Giannis goes on nine, I don't have to guard you anymore. And they're both, you know, kind of like, Oh, this is going to be, this is going to be, this is going to be really fun. Um, as like the, as we, we did our best, like, you know, build the PJ arrival moment and thinking back at that, like when we went and went out and, you know, had the, the airplane arrival video and like all that stuff. And it just like how it, it all sort of just played into like the storybook uh, tale of the season. Um, it's, we've done, we, we did some really cool and fun stuff with that. I think that, uh, there, there's, that's one clip that stands out. That's one clip I want, I want to find a way to, to work into our, uh, opening night video somehow. Yeah, opening night, Bucks Heat. Uh, that'll be pretty fun pregame content when they are actually about to guide each other again. Um, yeah, PJ was really interesting. And I, I said this to you before we started recording, but you've got a massive pile of Nike shoe boxes behind and And I, I figure it's like a PJ Tucker parting gift, but he, he was a, a fascinating, again, we've seen this guy. He's been around the league. He's been a prominent character with the Rockets. So I don't think his personality was a massive surprise. But again, I just, again, might be a little bit biased, but I just think that the Bucks do a better job of bringing those personalities to the fans uh, across the channel. So seeing the way that he would interact with Giannis and, and they would argue over the most ridiculous things. You're talking about the guy that signed the biggest contract in NBA history. You're talking about another guy who's a millionaire with diamonds in his shoes. It's just, it's just a funny, funny combination. Well, that's one of those things that you forget. Like at the start of game six, the guy walked in with $250,000 yep. of the diamonds of the shoot, <laughs> right? And that, that's all lost because it was like, hey, it was game six and we won the finals and like all that stuff. Yeah. But like he walked in with, this, with incredible shoes from, from the, shoes, the shoe surgeon, uh, some, you know, Jordans and like Giannis was blown away. And we didn't put out that clip right away um, either. We were, we were sort of debating how we were going we to handle 
that clip, I'm like, oh, we got this such a great clip. I was like, well, let's let's go back and look at it and see if we can cut it up so it can go. It's one of those things where music almost got us in that one too, because there's a bunch of music playing in the locker room, there's no pregame and that sort of, and that sort of thing. But um, we were able to get that out and obviously that went that that clip sort of really going on right at the start of a game six was, was a, was a phenomenal clip. And so as to show the personality that he has and how him and Giannis developed a uh, relationship where they can both give each other sort of talk some smack back and forth. Cause he also pulled up them with shoes that Giannis didn't even have. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so like, you know, it was just one of those, th- one of those things where it was just another flex, a flex from PJ. It's built by time, Nick. And uh, I'm sure you're, you're familiar with built by everyone is it's the best tasting protein bar that's ever been made uh, for quite a while here. We've been just celebrating the beautiful thing that is freedom of choice. You have that with built bar, whatever your favorite flavor is, you're going to be able to find it at built.com. When you check out the nine delicious flavors that they have, you can either get uh, all of one. You can get a mix box where you get to taste all the different flavors. So really, uh, it's up to you how you want to attack this, but you know you're going to want to. They're healthy for you as well. Uh, Nick, I know you're out there. The the NBA running trails on the road. You're out there with Dan Smeacek. You guys are pounding the pavement. You probably just need a Built Bar to really get you going there. Of course, Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team as well, which is pretty cool. So just go to built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED for 15% off at built.com. And then move across to betonline.ag. It's that time of year again and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest 200K NFL survivor contest now at BetOnline. So just head to the website, use your mobile. If you sign up with the promo code Locked On, you'll get a 100% welcome bonus, uh, which is pretty nice there. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. That's BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So going back to the bubble, and I, I wanted to bring this up because you kind of already hinted to it, and it was funny. You mentioned that it was a year to the day or tomorrow, uh, probably as people are listening to this, a year to the day from when the Bucks ended up leaving the bubble, um, which yes. is just in, it's impossible to even comprehend that that was the second round last year, and in between we've had a full season, uh, whatever you want to call the off season, then a full season, then a playoff run that felt like it went for eight months in its own. You win a championship, and now we're sitting here having this conversation. But if you were the only guy in there, what was that experience, I, I, I've said that I'm jealous of people that were in there just for the experience of how weird it was. You hope it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing that, that people go through. What was, what was that like, trying to still bring the content and the, the environment that you were in, but also, I assume, not being able to do a hell of a lot of shit? Is it bad to say like I kind of liked the bubble? Because <laughs> I, like, part of me kind of did. Yeah. Right. Because of the grind of the season. And you'll, you'll, you will understand this part of it. It's like when we go have a game and it's a road game, we pack up and we're leaving. Like we're going on, we're moving on to the next city. So, so the flip side of that is we're taking a bus 15 minutes and going back to the hotel. So like, it was a, it was a great side, great part for me for like the content side. Like I was able to be plugged in, always on, able to continue to work and stuff like that and feed it, feed the content back to my team and help, help with the te- help with the team. We had a really small team putting out the content back at, uh, at, the, at that, t- at that time too, because um, we had some folks like leave the team and that sort of thing. Right. We were able to staff back up going into the season. 
and so we weren't able to hire during the pandemic. So we were able to really, uh, I was able to really help and, and put out stuff and, and, and get back with it. But it is, it, it is, it was a surreal NBA experience to be, to be there and be a part of it where, you know, we're walking out or hanging out, you know, outside and there's, there's Nikola Jokic, you know, walking, walking by, like, you know, right after his game, going to the cold tub. So like, all the cold tubs were outside by the pool and that sort of thing. And it was just, it was a, a, a weird, but, but fun, like group, group experience. I think to, to, with those people, you formed a bond with like all these other staffers who you don't, didn't necessarily know from other teams because you could only have uh, teams limited to 37 people that they could bring. Right. And you, you know, you have 15 or 16 players and that sort of thing. You've got, you have your coaches and we had every team had one content person and one PR person. So it was pretty, everybody was, was really small. Everybody got to know each other pretty well. Um, and, you know, for us, it was interesting because we had one of the top floors on the, because we had the best record at the time. So I guess that our benefit was we had like a top floor, right? We had the top floor the team had at our hotel. And we also had a pretty large dining area, but like our dining area was also like the furthest away. So we had to walk take not, not only with the longest elevator ride or wait for somebody, you know, to get down. We also had to walk the furthest to, uh, to our team meal room. Uh, and then you, by doing that, you also have to walk past like, all these other team meal rooms. So it's just like, and then we're walking past the practice court too, because the, the practice uh, courts at Coronado were before our meal or were before our meal room too. So literally anything that's going on, like they're seeing everybody from the box walking here and here. And so, you know, it became, um, you know, it just became part, part of the routine to try, you know, to, to try to manage your time well in terms of going to it. Cause it would take some time to, to do that. And it, sometimes we would have to leave for practice. Cause even though we had the courts there, that'd be fair for all teams. So not every team would be able to practice there. We had sometimes you'd have to leave and go to other courts and that sort of thing. So it was, uh, it, it was definitely basketball heaven. I think for people who like, who love the league and want, you know, wanted everything to be combined and being able to see, you know, player players interacting with people who you wouldn't necessarily see them interacting with on a, on a staff level and, and just sort of hanging out. And, um, it, but on the, on the flip side, like I understand why it was tough for a lot of people too. Like I totally get it. Like it was tough, like players who had kids and families and that, that sort of stuff and not being able to bring them in. Like I totally felt for those guys. I saw how, uh, how, you know, they, it sort of, you know, ate at those guys when you, you know, Giannis had just had a baby a few, you know, a few months prior, Chris had his has had a young daughter, you know. All George George has his kid had his kids as well, and you know, a few you know, a few other guys had their families, and they're just separated from it. And they're not no one's used to being separated from for two months. You know, we might leave on a road trip. At the most, it's ten days, right? And then you're home for a few days after that. So um, it really was. I could really see how it emotionally could, could tore at people and, and that sort of thing, and and was tough. It was definitely a, a tough. Um, experience, I think, for for some for some people, but for me personally, on the content side, I was like, "Oh, this is this is pretty easy because like I can just walk down and get all my content done." And uh, you'd probably find me with my laptop sitting outside, um, cracking a Coors Light or something like that out <laughs> yes. there uh, at night. You know, getting getting some work done, editing some photos or something like that. Yeah, it's like uh, it seemed to me from afar. It's like summer league on steroids without the uh, without the general public around. You know, like because yeah, that's always been one thing I've said to people: if you get a chance to go to summer league, do it because it's right. a similar experience. Where if you're a basketball fan, everywhere you look, there's someone that you recognize, and the NBA stars aren't playing; they're just hanging out. So, yeah, like I said, I'm. A, I hope it never happens again, <laughs> but. At the same time, I'm still a little bit jealous that, that of everyone that got to sort of experience uh, experience that side of things. But from the bubble to Bud and much more, we're going to get back to 
the atmosphere in Phoenix, the atmosphere in Brooklyn, uh, what fans have to look forward to with the content moving ahead towards next season. Uh, so many different things, the different personalities on the roster. Uh, we're going to get to all of that. So many uh, inside stories still to come from Nick. We appreciate you, of course, the director of content uh, at the Bucks, the championship winning director of content at the Bucks. We're going to have you back for tomorrow's show. We're going to continue this conversation. So again, uh, if uh, you've enjoyed this, make sure you check back in tomorrow. As promised, uh, it's going to be early next week. Now we're going to have a conversation learning a lot more about Grayson Allen, who's just come to the Bucks, and have a great chat with Sean Coleman from Locked On Grizzlies as well. So, so much content still to come. Hopefully you've enjoyed the first half of my conversation with Nick Munro. Uh, for Nick and myself, take care, stay safe. We'll be back tomorrow.